Hello, it is 9.30 a.m. in New York, 3.30 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 8.30 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com, and I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. I'm excited to be recording this podcast back in my normal office in South Africa. And I'll tell you what, this weekend, I was so tired on Saturday. I was feeling what all my clients reported feeling that week, and that was depleted. I was messaging with a friend, and I'm like, I'm so tired. And my friend goes, didn't you just move across the world this week? I was like, oh, you're right. This is a transition that has slammed me off of my feet all day on Saturday while I was working to rejuvenate my energy resources. And I don't know about you, but if you're listening to this now, in September 2020, you might be feeling depleted, not from an international move, but just from COVID fatigue, this ongoing pattern of not knowing when things are going to get back to normal or even what the new normal is. So listen, this is important. I know things are hard. I know that you're feeling depleted and there is no more of an important time than now to think about you and how you take care of you and where you're living with purpose and meaning for the very reason that we don't know how long this uncertainty is going to last. We don't know when we'll get clarity on whatever that is in your life that has been put aside because of the wonkiness that's going on globally. And so today in this episode of Expat Happy Hour, I've invited a very special guest who is here to share her story on when she was facing uncertainty and how she got to the other side. And it reminds me of a quote that I know from Bryant McGill. Bryant McGill says, real transformation requires real honesty. If you want to move forward, get real with yourself. And this is exactly what our special guest did. It is my heartfelt pleasure to welcome Marie from the French Bias blog today on Expat Happy Hour. She agreed to come on to share her journey of transformation. It is totally unscripted. We had no idea (laughs) what I was going to ask or what she was going to say. I simply invited her to come on and share her journey with us. It's like a before and after story. Before, when things were really hard and she was sitting in the uncertainty, and after, where she's on the other side, much, much stronger as a result of it, because she was willing to get real with yourself. 
listen in to this story from Marie. All right, so I'm excited to welcome our first guest, Marie from the French Bias Blog. Marie, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. I know that you got up early this morning to make time for this, so I really appreciate it. Anytime this Sunday. <laughs> okay, so um, they're going to be able to check out your blog in a little bit. We'll have it in the show notes, but tell us a little bit about who you are and how did you get to where you are now? Okay, well, I'm Marie. I'm French. Um, I have two kids, age four and six, and I live in Michigan in America. I've been in Michigan for a long time, like over a decade, and I did an expatriation for two years in Germany. And upon returning from Germany to the U.S., that's how I reached out to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why did you reach out to me then? Um, because I could... It was six months before uh, our return to the U.S., and I started to feel a little anxious and I was on the verge of really falling apart. <laughs> I've been an expat for a really long time, but um, it was a unique situation at the time where after over 10 years in the U.S., I was experiencing what it would be like to be in Europe. So all of a sudden I was experiencing the European lifestyle. Um, I was close to France, so I could see my family way more often. And with my husband, for the first time, we were on the same, um, the same footing um, in terms of dealing with our specific languages. We just, I just spoke French, he spoke English, we were learning German together. And the uh, kids were learning German with the community. So it was the perfect balance. And to me, it was my ideal life. And mm -hmm. the prospect of coming back to America all of a sudden was just um, terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. One thing I really admire about what you did, one, you're an experienced expat, right? Like you've done this before, you had so many years in your belt. And what I appreciate so much about what you did is you did reach out because you knew that that there could be a better way, right? Instead of just letting yourself spiral, um, you made a change. And the other thing I think that you did was pretty impressive, which not everybody does, is you started to look for a better way to make this transition rather than questioning your relationship. Uh, right. Um, you know, and I think it's all my years of experience being an expat. I knew I was going to go through the roller coaster of emotions. So mm -hmm. I just knew uh, what was coming. But mm -hmm. this time what made it different is um, I could see that my husband would just go home, just be fine. I could see that my kids were young enough that they would handle the transition good. But I was just really sad about it. You know, I just all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, America is a country. I mean, U.S. is a country I've always loved. But all of a sudden, the just the fact of going back there um, didn't feel fun anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's what I think is so awesome, because you weren't you didn't let it get as far as becoming resentful to your partner or to your relationship or 
anything, right? You said, okay, I need to do this differently. So you, we went on a journey together and you're in a completely different place than when we first met. Yes. What, what's different now? Well, I'm back in the U.S. and I'm happy now. <laughs> That's mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the main thing. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? What was it like before? Uh, before, you know, I I just got to, to the U.S. We were moving back in our old house. I had to um, get the kids in their new school. It was just a lot of changes. And I was just trying to get it all together. You know, I like m- many moms out there just trying to have the family um, adapt as as best as I could. And you just hold it together. And I think I just didn't let my emotions really being processed. Mm-hmm. So what was the first step for you t- in that whole process? Well, you know, when we met over Skype, um, I think the first step for me was to acknowledge my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> acknowledge What were some of those feelings? Yeah, acknowledge that I was just sad and I was experiencing grief. Mm-hmm. You know, the grief of just letting go of the life I had, uh, letting go of all those people that I miss, but having a plan to see them again. But I was just, yeah, just very very sad, I would say even borderline depressed and just letting my emotions, acknowledging my emotions, letting them out, just processing the whole grief so I could move on. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And how did you do that? Like what, what, what did you do to make space for that? Um, so I, I, you know, first it was the acknowledgement of those feelings mm-hmm. and just letting letting it be okay mm-hmm. you know because sometimes when you're on an expatriation there's such much pressure to adapt and be okay and mm-hmm. with your family so that you just kind of go through the motion mm-hmm. but you just nudge me <laughs> gently <laughs> to say it's okay let mm-hmm let it out (laughs) so I just took the time to even cry just Mm -hmm. as simple as that just cry and let it out Mm -hmm. totally that's when I think about with square one of change right the death and rebirth where you just really sit in that nobody likes the name of that square because it's death and rebirth but it really is just allowing yourself to to sit in your emotions and give yourself permission um to be there and not run away from it. Yes. I I think it's all about processing the feelings and then also welcoming the emotions without guilt or without judgment, because Mm -hmm. that was another thing. (laughs) I stayed in that square one for longer than I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) You say that. So I love how you called it. You said you welcoming your emotions and everybody, you know, this recording is happening during COVID and everybody's sitting in emotions that are really uncomfortable. Um, So you say that so beautifully and I know how hard that is, right? Like allowing yourself to sit in that discomfort. It's really courageous of you, Marie. 
Well, you know, I kind of learned the hard way that if you don't do that, then it's worse. Mm-hmm. You know, you just bottle mm-hmm. everything up and then it, it just, the emotions come out eventually. <laughs> right. With a vengeance. One of my, exactly. <laughs> One of my friends says the truth will always find you. Yes. <laughs> so, so everybody who's listening, seriously, Marie is so full of wisdom right now. Allow yourself to sit in the emotions, give yourself permission to be there. It's part of the transition, right? Right. Um, give yourself space to cry, to grieve, whatever that is. And then what did you do? So then when everything was done, then you, when you just let all your emotions being processed, there comes a point and you're like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it's time to take action. So we kind of looked at my life and really tried to identify what would make my life okay in the US. Like what I was missing, what, you know, all the, just kind of imagine my ideal life and how would I be happy and then just make it happen. Yep. So we basically looked at what, what are the needs that aren't getting met and how can we creatively get those needs met? Exactly. So for me, it was uh, about finding a balance where I could pass on my language without being squished (laughs) Mm -hmm. by English, because all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I was in a community where English took over like rapid fire. (laughs) Right, right, right. And anybody who's listening knows how if you don't get to speak your language, it's like suffocating your culture out of your family. It's part of your identity. Exactly. So I had to really, I mean, I've always spoken French to my kids, but we went a little bit further. We, I reached out to the French aliens um, to, to open a class for bilinguals. Um, I just seeked out my French friends a little more. Uh, we did play dates. And then I had to also find space for the German Mm-hmm. which I registered my kids in a German school for a few hours a week to keep it alive. And this was very important for me. And then also to create um, moments with my family. So I decided I was going to take um, every summer to just make that mm-hmm. happen. Yep. One of the things I really admire about you that comes through so clear in the way that you have really mastered this transition is you've been very much in touch with your, with what you want, right? And then intentional in your everyday to making that happen, right? Instead of just being sitting there and going, oh, I miss French culture. I wish my kids spoke more French and, and, and and stopping at the grieving, you really um, exercise your agency, right? You took control where you did have it, and and invited more French in the heart of Michigan, which I think is amazing. Yeah, but that that could only have happened after I processed everything, because mm-hmm. when you're in the period of grief, it just fogs up your mind. You're just too overwhelmed by what you're feeling to even see a path or see clearly. So that process yep. really helped me just getting more clarity of and being more intentional of what did I want with my life. 
Yep. So first I'm seeing the grief, you processed your grief, you processed your emotions, you got really clear on what your needs were. And after that, you could stand from that more empowered place. How did you get that strength? Like you just don't go from grieving to empowerment. What happened in between? Oh, there was months (laughs) in between. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? Month of, you know, just yeah processing my emotions and month of meeting with you getting a pep talk because <laughs> <laughs> you were a nice cheerleader mm-hmm. um just removing all the barriers the limiting mm-hmm. beliefs you know mm-hmm. things that come up that prevents you from acting <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember any of the limiting beliefs that you had? Any of the lies you were telling yourself that kept you stuck? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put you on this, but I'm just curious. See, this is what's great. If you can't remember, then obviously you've moved on right, from that. I mean, I mean, some of them was, you know, I, I'm not confident enough or I, you know, I'm not good enough. Pretty much, because even though I was an expat for a long time, you know, I've been through a lot. You know, you mm-hmm. just question your <laughs> the fact that you're falling apart after mm-hmm. years of expat being an expat. You you're like, oh my god, <laughs> maybe I'm right. just a joke. You know, <laughs> why can't mm-hmm. I do this all of a sudden? But mm-hmm. every ex. Expatriations is very different. You're in a different stage in your life. And I think grief can come many years after for a lot of different reasons. Well, totally. And I honestly, with my work, um, I work almost exclusively with experienced expats. And what I've seen, and this is naive of me, I thought when I first started with my company, I thought I'd work with new expats and some experienced ones. But I realized that it it just gets harder as time goes on because life gets more complex and you're away longer and, and uh, stakes are higher. Right. So it's true. And I just, I also want to point out how I think that you just even using the words falling apart is so courageous and authentic because what frustrates me is everybody pretends like they're all okay at pick up and drop off. Mm -hmm. That's okay. <laughs> right? Everybody's dealing with something. And I think there's this culture of, um, one thing I really hate is this idea of not just survive, but also thrive. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a nice thing in English and it's, you know, good, it sounds good together, but it's like some people are just trying to get by and um, it puts people under incredible pressure when they think everybody else around them is thriving. And I'm using air quotes with my fingers right now, when in fact, everybody is human and going through messiness of their life, because that's what being human is. Right. And, you know, when I was looking out for resources on expat life and repatriation and things like that, um, you know, all expat stories are put in a good light, you know, like, oh, it's mm-hmm. so incredible. There's little ups and downs, but no, there's incredible difficulty. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. minimizing what it's like mm-hmm. because it's it's hard, you know, it's yep. great, but it's hard. <laughs> yep, yep. 
Totally. So what are you most proud of when you think about how far you've come and all the work that you've done? What are you most proud of? Well, I'm proud that I seeked help when I needed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't take the steps to reach out to you, I mean, I I could have been in that square one for a year, (laughs) two Mm -hmm. years, who Mm -hmm. knows, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now you're taking amazing care of your health. You're implementing all these great things with your family. You've even done some crazy things with your house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. Tell us more about, about your blog with French bias blog. Why do you do that? Why why do you do what you do? Well, you know, I started the blog when I was uh, in Germany, just because I I found myself as a stay at home mom and I really wanted to do something (laughs) Mm -hmm. productive or something. Um, during that time besides taking care of my babies so I did that and then it also allowed me to put things in writing like process my feelings a little Mm -hmm. just having that step step back and having to explain yourself explain your feelings explain the expat life explain the raising multilingual kids things like that it just kind of helped me alongside to just uh, have more clarity or even meet online some people that were in the same situation as me mm-hmm. well I can't I just can't recommend your blog enough because what I think is so good about it for those people who want to check it out is one, you are someone who has done the work, right? You've lived through the hard stuff. Um, you've processed it. You have come up with, um, strategies to really get clear on your needs and then find creative ways to get them met in your everyday life. I think that's amazing. And that is, it's not filtered, right? You've got straight talk about that. It's a, you have a gorgeous website with wonderful things, but you're not hiding the hard parts, right? And you're, and you're not stuck in just complaining about it either. Right. Although I, my list is blog post with a grump about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so much you guys have to check this out because it is so gorgeous who is brave enough to 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 be french in america and take on the iconic peanut butter and jelly sandwich seriously i stand next to you i support you even though i love peanut butter and jelly this is important to voice so maria is someone who totally gets it she has a bi-national family she's raising multicultural kids just like so many of us Um, her work focuses on not only expat life, but also the multicultural family and some really great things around food, which who doesn't want to learn about food from someone who is French? (laughs) So um, check it out. You're also on, I believe you're on Pinterest and Instagram. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So we'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes as well. What would you like to tell our listeners? You know, there are some people here who are feeling like you, you know, kind of (laughs) wondering if they're going to slide into a negative spiral, 
frustrated where they are in their own multicultural life or transition, maybe even looking for more purpose and meaning. What advice do you have for them? Um, just reach out. Reach out and get help because there's an incredible community of expats that are going through the same things. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's no shame in getting help because when I see what, who I was, you know, two years ago and who I am now, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think I would have accomplished this if, we, if I didn't reach out for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're amazing. Marie, is incredible. I have to say, you know, as we've worked together, you've consistently impressed me how you've taken on the challenges. Cause I know, I know myself, like this stuff can feel scary. This stuff can feel hard and you just did it right. Even though it was all of those things and, um, and now you're really reaping the benefits from it. So it's, it's so awesome to be able to work with you and thank you for doing what you do. And this is one of the things, um, what motivates me so much to support people like you, you have an impact on people's lives through your blog, through the wisdom that you share. And that just lights me up because it makes me feel like I can have a bigger impact, um, through an individual who has an impact on other people's lives. So keep doing what you're doing. Well, you too, Sunday, because <laughs> you've been my cheerleader, my coach, my friend. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was so awesome lucky. working with you. <laughs> I feel so lucky. So if people are curious, I'll talk more about it at the end of the podcast, but we're talking about Year of Transformation and um, the, a free Facebook community that you can get that support with that I'm part of is Expats on Purpose. So um, either one of those places are great resources. All right, Marie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. I am so honored to be part of your journey. And look at, I remember one of my favorite things when I work with people is I remember our first call and I, it's like burned in my mind how people physically look and what their energy is like. Mm -hmm. And I always remember that first call, um, because I see the difference now. Do you remember how you felt when we first hopped on the phone together? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I would, uh, <laughs> make a full sentence without tears. <laughs> <laughs> I, the word that comes up for me is like a deflated balloon, uh -huh. <laughs> right? And now you're like one of those, I don't know, is it Captain America from the Marvel? Like, you know, superwoman pose. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's this, yes, there's vulnerability, but there's so much strength and so many tools at your side now. And the, the, the transformation of your energy and the tool set that I'm watching you use activating your life is, is incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it. That is from Marie from the French Bias blog. Her tagline is half French, half American, full fun. This woman is amazing. Go check out her work because you can tell she's done all the work on herself within her family to be able to offer you insight that is deep and straight to the heart of the challenges that we go through as multicultural families. Here are some things that I'm taking away from my conversation with Marie. One, if you're in that process of uncertainty and you're feeling lost or totally 
unhappy about an upcoming transition or where you're at is to acknowledge your emotions, right? As hard as that can be, going back to Bryant McGill's quote of getting real with yourself, she put a name to how she was feeling and her feeling was grief. Number two, make space to really process those feelings. And her reminder is if you don't, it gets worse. (laughs) What I've seen in my practice as well is if you don't, you start to turn those into other emotions like resentment. And that can impact your relationships in ways that are unjust. Number three, Ask yourself, now what? When you've done the hard work of processing your emotions, sitting in what's hard, be courageous and ask yourself, now what? Nancy D. Solomon says, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. So Marie had the courage to name her needs and then get creative on how to get them met and I saw the hard work that she did to make that happen. As she said, this wasn't overnight. This was a series of intentions that she implemented over months to get the results that she was looking for. And number four, after you've done that work, it's time to find an approach to act from a place of empowerment. As I say, to exercise your agency, right? To find your power, get clear on what your needs are, and then do the work to get them met, right? Along the way, we had some fun and I would love to have some fun with you and sit in that with you, help you ask the question, now what? And help you discover the tools that you need to dig into that courage to name your needs and get creative on how to get them met, to find more purpose and meaning in your life, no matter what kind of transition you're going through. So if this sounds like something you'd like to be doing, then check out Year of Transformation. It is open now. I am accepting applications and those spots are reserved for 10 individuals that I work one-to-one with throughout the whole year on your transformation. So if you're curious, check it out and apply. I would love to hop on the phone, get to know you and find out if it's the right fit. You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour with Sunday Shiner Bean. Thank you for listening. I will leave you with a quote from Julian Michaels, fitness guru. Transformation isn't a future event. It's a present day activity. Um. <laughs>